This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Get into your best shape with their comprehensive programs. So sign up now to either their basic package or warrior package with the code PSPKB, all caps, for 15% off. Stay fit this winter with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Let's talk Oliveira Poye. Let's do it. So the one thing that I find interesting about this particular matchup for a belt is that yep. both of these guys have checkered records, basically. They do indeed. I mean, we all thought, okay, I don't want to say we all thought, but during the Chandler Oliveira fight, which, by the way, fans, I apologize for my voice. I've been speaking way too much in my job. Uh, with Charles Oliveira going against Michael Chandler, <clears throat> I thought Michael Chandler had it in the second round where he had knocked Oliveira almost unconscious. And Oliveira was down on all four. Like, that was a good fight. And although, yes, Charles Oliveira won that fight, I mean, Chandler wasn't far off either. But then we all saw Chandler lost later to um, Justin Gaethje. So, I mean, he's no longer kind of in title contention. But my point goes back. Charles Oliveira wasn't given a chance either. Like, this dude has lost, was he like, he has eight losses to his record, I want to say? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's eight losses. Yeah, exactly. So, Charles Oliveira has like eight losses. And he's, you know, it's good on him. He's, he's battled through adversity. But yeah, it's checkered as it goes. And both of them have that bunch of losses on their record. But the reality is, is other than Poirier's loss to Habib, which yeah. you can forgive him for that one, right? Yeah. Their losses happened quite a while back. So Oliveira's last loss was in 2017. Mm -hmm. He lost to Paul Felder. Yep. Okay, who was kind of a veteran at the time. Yep. And not the biggest name. Um, if you're not a huge fan of MMA, you're not going to know Paul Felder that well. But if you're like me and you've been watching from the beginning, you know Paul Felder. It's, he's had some very good bouts against some very tough opponents. So you can sort of accept, accept that, except, I mean, it's 2017. So he's a different fighter now. 100%. Right? Anyone who doesn't think so is delusional. He's a significantly different fighter. And if you look at who he's beaten since then – I'm just going to throw out the big names. You got Clay Guida, Jim Miller, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, and Michael Chandler. That's pretty right. significant. Mm -hmm. But on the opposite side, and why I think most people are seeing Dustin Poirier as the favorite in this fight, even though he's the one that's fighting for the title, doesn't defend the title. If you look at who Poirier's beaten since, I'm going to, again, throw away the Habib <laughs> loss. So his last loss was back in 2016 to Michael Johnson. Yep. Who was a big name at the time, hard hitter, had a lot of knockout power, went up and comer and just sort of faltered after that. But since then, you look at who he's beaten and it gets ridiculous. 
Jim Miller. Anthony Pettis. Max Holloway. Justin Gaethje. Yep. Eddie Alvarez. Dan Hooker. And McGregor twice. And that's why everyone sees Poirier as the real champion. Even though the belt is around Oliveira's waist, everyone's looking at Poirier as he's actually the real champion because of who he's beaten. Correct. But what does it say if he goes into this fight and loses to Charles? What does it say about Charles? He's the number one underdog. By far. Yeah. By far. And when I think about, you know, placing a bet on this fight, man, the the temptation to bet on Charles is so huge. Yeah. Right? I agree. It's huge because you watch what he did in that fight with Chandler. That was, you talk about a proving ground. That was a proving ground. Mm-hmm. And he completely owned Ferguson. Now, let's be honest. Ferguson was already on his way down. <coughs> yes. But if he beats Poirier, say- who does mm-hmm. he fight next? Gacy. That's it. You think Gacy gets a <laughs> gets a shot at him? Oh, he's going to get a ring at the title for sure. Because Gacy's last loss was to also Khabib. Yeah, that so. makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. Right. So it's like. Your last defeat was to the unbeaten one. Okay, cool. So we don't count that. It's like fighting Superman. Makes no sense. McGregor's on the bottom of the list. Like he's never gonna get a shot until he actually starts doing that thing called winning again. Which I don't know if he'll be able to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Doctor Stop it. Anyway. Anyways. So yeah, it has to be Justin Gaethje at that point. He's gonna come in. And then after that, I can only see it has to be like McGregor versus Dan Hooker and winner of that, if anything would go at it, but you know, worst case scenario, let's say Charles wins. I don't know, it's the worst case. Let's shoot Charles. Let's say in a in a realm of worlds, Charles Charles wins, okay? Retains his title. Perfect. Yeah. Good on you. Then it's going to go to Gaethje. But then who's going to be after that? Well, the UFC has to prep for that. McGregor's going to want a shot because fucking McGregor. But he isn't going to get a shot. He shouldn't get a shot at any top contender. He should probably fight face, if anything, Chandler, if Chandler is not going to try and either – face Gaethje or not but see actually, I think I think Chandler McGregor makes total sense it does and I think it'd be a great fight yeah they're think, they're exciting uh, fighters right they're exciting they to watch fighters they're not the greatest fighters but they're exciting but McGregor doesn't deserve Chandler that's it he doesn't he deserves like Dan Hooker at this point he deserves someone high middle tier so hold on can you bring up the uh the rankings yep I'm of on. the lightweight division mm-hmm. okay Oliver is a champ. Poirier is number one. Gaethje number two. Oh, Benil Dariush. Oh my God, I can't believe. I can't believe I forgot that. So we got, so actually the next two down the line are very interesting. You got Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev. So I look at this like, what's better for the UFC? Is it better that Poirier wins or is it better that Oliveira wins? And I, I honestly think it's better that Oliveira wins. I do think it's better if Oliveira wins. Because if Oliveira wins, it opens up a lot of possible opponents, mm-hmm. right, that we haven't seen him against. If Poirier wins, it immediately, like, negates a certain number of the opponents because he's already faced them not too long ago. But the yeah. two names that stand out there is Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev because they haven't fought either, I believe. I don't think they fought each other. I don't think they know each other exist. Well, I don't. Th- no, I mean, I'm saying that both Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev, they haven't faced Poirier or or Oliveira. I don't think so. Right. So, 
and both have been very good as of late. So you could either have them fight each other, which I think is counterproductive, but you could have them fight somebody in the top five, top 10, other than each other as a proving shot to whoever they fight for the title. Yeah, all I was saying is basically you could have either of them fight somebody in the top five, top 10 as a sort of proving ground. And then mm. if they prove themselves, fight whoever has the title at that point. Or you could immediately give them a title shot. Yes. Depending on how things pan out. So, I mean, if if Poirier wins like the masses think he will, then it makes sense. Yeah, I think still – Gaethje still makes sense even though they fought before. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me see if I can do quick mental math right now. I just want to check one thing about Islam before we move forward. Because Islam is being coached by uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, isn't he? Like the whole family? Yes. Okay. So what makes this very interesting? So although Dariush is ranked above Islam, Islam is on a bigger fighting win streak right now. Okay, but 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 he's fought weaker so that, opponents, though, right? Chris Wade, uh, kind of his biggest win was against uh, Dan Hooker, I would say. Yeah, maybe you could argue Drew Dauber, but I wouldn't. Um, but yeah, so but even still, like what's his face? Dariush has only beaten what Tony Ferguson, Drew Dauber as well. That's it. Like two bigger names that kind of jump out to me. <laughs> Yeah, so, man. Like, if Oliveira wins, you know it's Gaethje. I think you're right. Yeah. But after that, it has to be it has to be uh, the Dariush and Islam have to go at it. And the winner of that takes the shadows. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. But if Poirier wins, does it have to be Gaethje? Like, I don't know. I think Gaethje's just due for a shot, to be honest. Yeah, and he's exciting. Yes, yeah. So right? I think his, his fighting no style what. is awesome. So like the UFC loves it. Yeah, I think it's Gaethje no matter what. And I think the I think the previous Poirier Gaethje fight was close, if I remember right. I think it was just one of those things where Poirier just had that you know his his final wind like he has. Oh yeah, that come from behind victory. An interview was just released with uh, Dustin Poirier on MMA Weekly. Yeah. And in that, he talks about how he predicts he's going to knock out Charles Oliveira in the main event. Knock him out. Knock him out. Oh, he's confident. <laughs> I mean, he just beat McGregor twice. Easily, too, right? He, but well, I mean, actually, yeah. that might say more about McGregor yeah, <laughs> than it does about Dustin. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like McGregor kind of injured himself. Well, he said he knew he was fighting with a broken foot or something. Right? Cause so, okay, so he demolished McGregor twice. Yeah. But before that, he went the distance with Hooker. Yes. And since going the distance with Hooker, Hooker's looked pretty average. Yeah, ups and <laughs> right? downs all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you it's almost like you want to look at that Hooker fight with with Poirier and say, yeah, I'm surprised it took you so long. It's almost like the passing of the guard at this point. Like yeah. So is Poirier that much better than when he fought Hooker? Or is Hooker a better example of what he's capable of than McGregor, right? I still think people put too much credit on what McGregor does mm -hmm. and how difficult an opponent McGregor is. Right. McGregor's a – like, he's a dangerous opponent, but he's not a difficult opponent. Correct. That's McGregor's style. And Oliveira is the opposite. 
Right. Oliver is not the most dangerous opponent, but he's a very difficult opponent because he's so well-rounded. Dan Hooker's lost to Poirier, and then he lost to Chandler. And then lost to Makachev. And those last two losses were impressive losses. <laughs> right. He got wrecked. So what kind of a like standard does that set? Not a high one. Honestly, it's weird that to me that he's still in the top 10. Yeah, 100%. I think it's because his win over Harkapas was so dominant. Although it was a unanimous decision, it was still like he wasn't sweating it, but even there. Now, here's the thing. He's still ranked higher than Conor McGregor. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Conor and him need to fight. And then when they fight, and they'll figure out who is the best of the worst. Or worst, worst of the best, I should say. Like It, it has to be. So, yeah, here are my predictions. Dan Hooker and McGregor are going to have to fight. Whoever wins, Gaethje's going to get it. Yeah. Dariush and Islam are going to face off to fight whoever beats Gaethje, whoever, whoever Gaethje faces. And then after Dan Hooker and McGregor, I feel like Chandler and, like, I don't know, either Ferguson or Rafael Asanos are going to face off. And, you know, Dan Hooker, winner versus McGregor, they're going to fight Chandler or Rafael Danos. And whoever wins that one will fight the champion. That's my prediction for the next like, year and a half. So that would be, that would all make sense. That's the make sense predictions, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the the real predictions. I think you're right that Gaethje fights the winner. Yeah. It would make sense for Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev to fight each other. Mm-hmm. That might not happen if the UFC wants to protect either one of them. Which I hope they don't. Even though Khabib's pushing for Makachev to get his title shot now, I agree that he has to fight someone else first. And Darius yes. makes sense. So I, I like that one too. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see McGregor fight Hooker. <laughs> not going to happen. You will see McGregor fight Chandler. I think that's very likely. Yeah. Because it's it, they're both exciting fighters. And they both have paths to victory. Mm-hmm. And a loss doesn't really hurt either one of them at this point. Right. It's just like they're, they're both in a, a slump. For some reason, they can't get over the hump and get that win. Whoever loses is like, oh, he's still working on it. He's still got to work his way up. Whoever wins, it's a bonus for them because it's still a marquee fight. Exactly. So I think that happens. Hooker, I have no clue. I think Dan Hooker has now become a stepping stone. I think he's the uh, the gatekeeper at this point. Yeah, gatekeeper for the top 10, right? If you're, if you're out of the top 10 and you want to see if you're worthy of being in it, you fight Dan Hooker. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. So I have a question for you, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, so this fight coming up with Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. Yeah. If you see Poirier winning, how do you see it being? And if you see Charles Oliveira winning, how do you see it? Okay. So if Poirier wins, I would. I think he has two paths to victory. He is ground and pound for a referee stoppage. So TKO, or he just goes the distance and wins by decision. Okay. Oliveira, I think Oliveira's paths to victory are submission or knockout. I don't think, I don't think Oliveira will win a decision against Poirier. Okay. Yeah. I can see that being the same thing. And that's, that is actually the bet I want to make. I would, I would, I would, depending on how, when the odds come out, I think the bet I'm most interested in is Oliveira by submission or Oliveira by KO, TKO, or DQ. Oh, okay. 
just because I think it's going to give me favorable odds. I expect the odds to be very much in Poirier's favor. Do you think McGregor's going to be uh, be ringside for this fight? Probably. Do you think he's going to be saying some shit to Poirier? Yeah, it'll be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a shit show. It, you can't shut him up anymore. Right? It's just he's more of a sideshow now than he is the main event. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I just kind of think he's going to be there whispering sweet little lies into Poirier's ear as he's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he'll, he's going to hate it. it. Like so, here's the thing too: he'll hate it if if Poirier wins because. Because well, Poirier's already said, you know, I I would fight him again. I'll give him another shot, but he'd have to earn it this time. Exactly. Right. So that's that's one thing. At the same at the same time, though, if Poirier loses, that's even worse for McGregor. That's worse. Because that means McGregor is not even close to champ status. Correct. He's he's not even close to being in that league anymore. I mean, deep down, he should be rooting for Poirier. <laughs> Even though it would well, probably also, kill him to do so, he probably should be. Well, here's the thing too, right? They were saying that uh, with the doctor stoppage that happened on McGregor's leg breaking by itself, yeah, some people are calling for a rematch just on a technicality purpose. But it's like, no, it's doctor stoppage. He lost. So yeah. I agree. He has to fight again. I don't think their war is over. And I can see this being a split. I can see this going five, best of five. Oh my god, no! Okay, let, let, let hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> like, imagine this scenario: Poirier is going to win again if they fight again. Poirier is going to win. Say, oh, a hundred percent. But just, just <laughs> let let me live this fantasy. I want to see this just for the hype. Okay. And I'm not going to break the winner of the fifth fight. But what's going to happen is so right now it's it's essentially two to one, right? Poirier has won twice over McGregor's one. Awesome. And let's say McGregor's back. He like beats Dan Hooker like everyone does, and maybe slaps up Chandler. Or maybe actually, let's say Poirier is not the champion. Poirier loses to Charles. It's Poirier versus McGregor. McGregor fights the champion because Oliveira is fighting Gaethje. Fine. Let's say McGregor wins. So now it's two and two. Do they have that fifth? I think they will. But I think McGregor is going to go for the title before he goes for that fifth. <laughs> and then McGregor goes for the fifth, beats Gaethje, let's say. Fine. Now he's a champion. Now Poirier goes to reclaim that best of five. Now the title's on the line. I can hear Dana White coming to this idea right now. Now, so there's an interesting question. Hmm. Will Dana White even still be with the UFC in a couple of years' time? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's had his fun in the sun. I think so, too. I, I, I really think the UFC is going to be entering a new era soon. New leadership. They maybe maybe sell the franchise again to somebody else. I don't know. It just it feels like that to me. It feels like they're they're getting prepped for a turning it over to something else. But you actually got me thinking about something very interesting that I want to cover. Oh, what is that? What do you think the greatest rivalries in MMA are right now? Well, obviously, what comes to mind is Poirier and, and McGregor. Well, that's that's why it came to mind. That's obviously that's one of them, right? I'd that's say- one of the big rivalries right now is Poirier and McGregor. And I would say, uh, you know, Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. That one's getting pretty heated. Uh, oh, geez. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's the only two that really come to mind in modern era, at least in, in UFC anyways. I mean, you can go over to Bellator and say MVP and everyone. <laughs> Actually, maybe Aljamain Sterling and Peter Young. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Because of how Aljamain Sterling won, because of yeah. Peter Young's sort of <laughs> – 
path back to fighting Aljamain Sterling. Yep. That is that's a big one. That's that's one that should be watched. The thing and what's good about that one is that one's still live, right? Because there's only one fight in. Yep. And it's one fight in with a strange loss. Yeah, yeah. We've covered that loss before. Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman is definitely a a a battle going on, but it's basically one. Yeah, it's over. It's it's practically over. They may fight a third time, but it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. Right, so that one's done. Uh, Holloway Volkanovski. That one's stupid. Volkanovski has like Holloway's number, though. Right, he has his number, but Holloway's been so good against everyone else. Right, that's like, the it's, problem. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is like you can't even compare because Brian Ortega. Yeah, he held his own. By that, I mean he was up the whole fight against <laughs> Volkanovski. But like even Volkanovski said, he's like, yeah, he had me like a little bit in like the early stage, but he gassed out near the end, and it was fine. Volkanovski's like, yeah, I was pretty much in control the whole fight. Obviously, it's it's a disgrace. Like they need to have an interim interim champion in that division. They need an interim champion. What this this division should be? It should be the featherweights of Volkanovski and Max Holloway fighting, and then featherweight part two, just everyone else. What about Nganu Gan? With that stupid stupid interim heavyweight title, which actually isn't as stupid as uh, the bantamweight one, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, that's just, I want to see this fight. I really, really do. I really want to see Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gane, but I just, I don't know when it's going to, when is this going to happen? Is it scheduled yet? It's scheduled. I can't think of what the date is, though, but it's scheduled. Oh, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't feel any ways about it yet. Because Francis has been very quiet about his championship reign. Gone has been just kind of out there about it. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling any ways. How about you? I like both fighters. Hmm. And Ganu's just psychotic looking. But I, I actually like Gone more. Oh, yeah? I'd like to see Gone take it. I don't know if he will, but I'd like to see him take it. Another good battle right now is uh, John Jones, Dana White. John, oh my God. <laughs> that one's like crazy right now. For those who don't know, essentially John Jones, <laughs> what is, was, I'm going to go with was, this dominant, feared, light heavyweight who just essentially dominated the division. Like it was stupid. It was essentially the, um, the welter middleweight right now. Just dominated by one champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he was the pound for pound greatest fighter. He was, and he is a good fighter. But I and now he wants to jump up to heavyweight, which is cool. But one thing he can't get out of his he can't get out of his own way. He keeps screwing himself up between you know pissing hot, running over pregnant people, literally beating a woman. Yeah, like it's it's sad because Dana White did his best to protect him from everything, refusing to honor his own contract to fight certain <laughs> yeah. fighters in the heavyweight division. Exactly. Like, this guy's trouble. Release him at this point. Release him, send him to Bellator. You know what? Even better yet, trade MVP for him. Let's make the label. <laughs> let's, let's, let's swap. We'll yeah. give you our problem <laughs> for your superstar. Right? Because there, you know, John Jones will probably, he'll get paid less. Some might hurt his credibility a little, like it's his ego, which is fine. He needs an ego check. Uh, you know, MVP is considered a boxer, according to his <laughs> his Wikipedia page. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd love to see. What, what is MVP? Is he lightweight? He's he's a welterweight. Welterweight. 
Oh my god! Can you imagine him in the welterweight division. Oh, yeah. Kamaru Usman. Well, there's a actually see there's a good uh, rivalry is Michael Venom Page and Douglas Lima. They're one and one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. And he barely. He, I don't think he won the Lima fight. See, you and I disagree on that. I think he did win the last fight. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. Not of that fight. No. The trilogy is set now. That's all that matters. And there's, I guess, yeah, you got AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull, mm-hmm. but AJ McKee is on another level. Yes, indeed. And a rivalry that's that started to happen is Brent Primus and Patricky Pitbull. Because mm-hmm. he was ticked about not having the title shot earlier. That's got to be the next fight, man. That's got to be a fight. That They, they got to set that one up. I hope Bellator does. Yeah. I think it'd be it'd be fun to kind of watch Bellator drama like UFC. Can you imagine if UFC and Bellator are owned by the same company one day? Shit, that would be phenomenal, man. Oh, my God. That's all I've ever wanted is to see all the <laughs> fighters. Like, seriously, all the fighters in one promotion would just be ridiculous. It would be so good. Oh. Man. It's just the, the freedom it would give you as far as making fights, right? Mm-hmm. Having that many fighters available. Yep. Right? And, I mean, there are certain divisions where one of the promotions has significantly more of the top guys than the other, so it doesn't change things that much. But then you look at, like, like, like welterweight is a great one, right? Yaroslav Amosov, I would love to see him in the UFC. Michael Venom Page, I'd love to see in the UFC. Yeah. Neiman Gracie, I'd love to see in the UFC. AJ McKee. Well, that's you know, you're getting a different like now you're getting to a different weight class, right? You're getting another yeah, weight. But even then, yeah. you got AJ McKee, Patricio Pitbull, mm-hmm. Adam Borks, Aaron Pico looked friggin' phenomenal the other day. Yep. So like those are great. Another one I like when we get into here. Uh, well, no, see, I know Dana doesn't like those guys, <laughs> but uh, the bantamweights. Oh, let's dash over here for a sec. Right, the bantamweights in in Bellator. If you could add them to the bantamweights in UFC, oh my god. Sergio Pettis, Juan Archuleta, Rafion Stotts, Patchy Mix, Magomed Magomedov. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. James Gallagher. Jornel Lugo. Oh, my God. Our boy, Jornel. Yeah. Just, man, you added all those guys to the UFC. Like, the Bantamweight division would be insane. Even, yeah. This is such an underrated promotion, but I love that nobody really watches. I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people watch Bellator, but I don't think a lot of people cover enough of it. Not enough. But it almost makes you feel special that you're in the know. You know, like, we know. Yeah, we know (laughs) certain things that we shouldn't know. Like, we can contact Gegar Mousafi if we wanted to, potentially. He's a great fighter, man. Yo, guys, old as shit. You know what's actually funny? Let's say there was a merger between UFC and Bellator. Yeah. First off, the featherweight, I would love to see AJ McKean defend his title and undefeated streak. And I'd also like to see Juliana Velasquez, the women's flyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. And Cyborg back in town. There's certain things, just drama. Because then Dana White has to deal with Cyborg again. <laughs> she looked like a dude in heels. All right. If you have any questions for the Pro Sports Podcasters, be sure to reach us on our Twitter account, where you can also slide into our DMs and catch the latest snippets, dirt, and other exclusive things that we will tweet. Check us out at P Podcasters 
on Twitter.